Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. This is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Matthew Whitby, sit down with people all across the tabletop and RPG DMs Guild surrounding space um, and just, you know, sit down and chat about, you know, design, anything and everything. Um, and this week, I am privileged to be joined by Alan Tucker. Hello. Hello. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. How, how, how are we doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, doing doing pretty pretty good. I'm um I'm yeah I've, I've got I've got I've I've this has been one of the weeks where I've I've found the joy for writing D and D content by putting one of my products on like one of my writing projects on the shelf to just write something different. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just and, and and it's weird how like jumping to a new project can kind of give you that kind of oomph that you needed. Um, Absolutely. No. Um. But I guess first and foremost for the people kind of listening. Um. You know, how would you how would you summarize what you're known for? Well, I've done, I suppose, probably what most people know me for would be the uh, encounter compilations. Um, I worked with a whole bunch of folks uh, early on when I started on the guild. After I, I put out a few adventures and then got into, um, we did some free products that were the first one was called "So a Cleric and a Vampire Walk Into a Tavern." <laughs> And uh, that one, uh, gosh, that was in late 2017 or early 2018. I can't even remember now. But anyway, it's it's been downloaded, I think, over 45,000 times the last time I checked. And wow. um, it's uh, we did um, two, two spinoffs from that a, a year or so later um, uh, with, with Encounters on a Road and Encounters on a Magic Shop and uh both of which were free and had a whole bunch of people just write a basically kind of a one-page sort of encounter mm-hmm. and for those and and um uh, other than that gosh i've done a couple of big eberron projects uh Mornland and demon wastes and um uh, a whole bunch of adventures and things like that uh yeah so. No, <laughs> yeah, little of this, a little of that. No, awesome. And so you kind of mentioned so before, kind of jumping in and kind of doing some of these uh, encounter kind of compilations, I suppose. Is, um, you said you were kind of doing like kind of kind of some solo adventures. Was that back like before twenty seventeen? Was it like? I uh, the first thing I published on the guild was in September of two thousand seventeen. I think um, I started. I. I kind of, well, I played back when Dinosaurs Walked the Earth in, <laughs> in the early 80s and, and to, through the mid-90s or so. And then um, life kind of got in the way of things, of course, as it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't play for, gosh, I don't know, 20, 25 years, however long it was. And then um, 2017, I think that summer, um, I got... Uh, involved with a, uh, a group at my friendly local game store and did some West Marches stuff. And that was the first time I'd encountered 5e. I completely missed three and four, <laughs> but actually five was very similar, honestly, in a lot of respects to second edition and, and first, you know, that we, that I played as a kid and it was just a lot you know less complicated you know, didn't have thaco and things like that anymore yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh i really just enjoyed the heck out of it and, and uh, i've been i've been a writer for quite some time and i thought well uh, i found the dm's guild and i thought well heck i can do this so i 
put some adventures together and that I had uh, written previously and um, put them up there and sold a few copies here and there. Not, not, a, <laughs> not a whole lot, not a empty black status or anything like that, but um, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun and I just have continued to do, to do so and uh, ever since. So. So, so I, what was what was kind of the the first drive to like like when you stumbled across the DMs Guild? Was it literally the case of like oh I, oh I can do this, or was there like was it like based on like your own DMing experience? Or you're like I have kind of these half written up notes, or was it just like yeah I'm curious like what what why dive in? Kind of a little of both. Um, like I said, I've I've written actually I've got several novels that I wrote. Um, since oh like 2009 i think i wrote um, several fantasy and science fiction novels and um those you know they they sell okay um but i kind of like i said i got onto the dm's guild and thought huh this would be something i could do and because mm -hmm. i i also do graphic design and things like that so it was kind of an all whole a whole package thing where you could wear all the hats yeah, exactly. And so I, I had three or four adventures, I think I, I put together over the first two or three months and, and put them up there and then started getting a little more, you know, I guess, professional about mm -hmm. it. I mean, they, they're, they're decently done to start with, but as, as it is with all things, you, you learn as you go and, and get better at things as you, as you do it more. So. So I guess I'm kind of curious then. So again, uh, I like writing a novel as compared to writing, let's say an adventure. Um, in my head, they feel like there is similarities, but also, again, a good amount of differences. Would you mm -hmm. say, so when you come to write a novel or like when you come to write an adventure, is it a similar starting process or are they quite, are, are they on like different ends <clears throat> of the spectrum? There's, there's certainly some similarities, uh, I would say because I didn't generally what I do is I try to I try to think of the ending okay. first uh, and then kind of work backward from there and think okay well you know this would be thinking about it cinematically this would be really cool uh, you know if you were viewing it in your mind's eye as a as a movie or playing it at the table or or whatever um, whether it be a the novel or a, or an adventure and then think okay well so we got this endpoint. Then how do we? How would it start? You yeah. Know, how, how would it begin? Um, but uh, yeah, writing adventures is is certainly less time consuming than writing a novel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Yeah, just just a smidgen. Yeah. So that's then that was part of the appeal as well at the time. Was I mean it usually usually would take me anywhere from nine to twelve months to to complete a novel, mm -hmm. and I could you know do these adventures and in far less time yeah. depending on what it was so then, uh, how, how does it i guess because like, again the, the the big difference is, again fundamentally the difference between like a, a novel versus an adventure is the fact that the adventure has the it's player facing it you kind of you're writing it in a way that you know that there's going to be a group of five people maybe going along with the kind of <laughs> the plan of things that you have yeah. set out um how how i guess like how do you kind of navigate that way so it's not like navigate your adventures in a way that it isn't necessarily so pre as as prescripted as a novel just because it's sure yeah it's uh, to me it's all about character mm -hmm. and so um if you have compelling like well for an adventure a compelling villain mm -hmm. um or adversary 
uh, and then maybe some some NPCs that you that the characters interact with along the way. If you've got some you know some really solid characters for the for the players to interact with in the adventure, mm -hmm. you're you're going to do very well, I think. Um, and and that way, because if you, I guess what I'm saying there is, that the adversaries need to have goals uh very well established this is what this this person thing whatever is trying to do and regardless of what the players do they are going to continue to work toward that goal so if you if you delineate that very well for the dm and can they can understand okay well this this person is is their goal is x and regardless of what the players are doing that that adversary is going to be working towards that then they always have an idea in their head okay well even though the players maybe are kind of gone off on this tangent this this thing is still happening it's it's, it's good because you, you kind of kind of mentioned on kind of the two i guess two schools of thought in terms of like adventure and also somewhat encounter writing in the fact that you can have the kind of very character driven approach where again you have like your, your nemesis or like a sort of hero npc kind of coming in or do you have the kind of um, set piece, uh, as you kind of mentioned with Wustein, with like the ending first? You imagine like, oh, it'd be really cool to have like a uh, a floating prison of sorts, and that's mm -hmm. that's your set piece, and then you kind of yeah, you kind of work backwards to kind of facilitate that. But right. e either both of these things are kind of yeah interesting because it kind of it does kind of shape how you would write the adventure. Whether it's a case of like, okay, well, this is an exciting location. How do we kind of you know uh, spruce it up and give it give it that life? versus okay well this is their goal uh, where do they need to you know where would they be to complete this goal so it, you kind of fill in the gaps as you kind of need to yeah and that and you you're talking about a set the the set piece or the setting is i mean in, in a way that is the character as well or the adversary yeah and so if you again if you sit back and you 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 take the time to flesh that out <clears throat> excuse me as much as possible and again, with it knowing exactly well, okay, this is this is what's going to happen, or this is this is how this this setting is is taking place. Then you know the rest of it should follow pretty well. And I so actually I did kind of want to, so you kind of mentioned how you kind of started off with this kind of, uh, by writing mostly adventures, and over time you've kind of moved towards I guess kind of encounters as more of like a um, or just doing again doing a a, a bunch of encounter. Um, yeah. Do you kind of because again, encounters are in their own way somewhat like short form in adventures. Absolutely. Um, was was that kind of the appeal for it? That the fact you could again. So if if writing a book takes nine months, let's say writing an adventure right takes a month. Writing an encounter, you can probably get like that done in like you know a day or a week. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, honestly, what it was to begin with was a marketing tool. Um, <laughs> the um, the the cleric in a uh, vampire going to tavern was just an idea that I thought, okay, I, I saw some other things out there where people had, you know, they have a, a, a selection of things that are, that are paid products. And then they have one or two things that are, you know, what a retail would call a loss leader where you, you get somebody uh, to download this for free and then say, Oh, well, that's cool. What, uh, what else has this person done? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that type of thing. So, uh, I again, I kind of pitched that to to everyone, and um, 
and had a whole bunch of writers, you know, come in. I think, I don't remember how many we had. It was at least a dozen or 14 encounters, I think, in that thing. And again, it's just free. But I put in links to everybody's uh, guild pages and anything else that they wanted, that type of thing. And um, I did the layout for it and all, all that, which wasn't terribly complex at the time, and put it out. And like I said, it just, I, I still get notices on, on uh, the guild newsletter or the not newsletter, but their notifications that, that a rating has, has happened or something like that. And, um, it's uh, it just, you know, continues to be downloaded, uh, whether it's driving any sales, who knows, but you you do like you you set up for a nice kind of segue there in the fact that like so some of your kind of newer products you kind of have been kind of like i guess nothing short of like large scale collaborations um yeah <laughs> when, when when did you start kind of taking that dive of like oh i should i should bring more people on or was it the case of like oh people brought you on and you're like oh well, I, I can give that a go well uh i did do a couple of things after um after i put out the solo stuff that i did i think um jeff stevens asked me to write uh some of the villain villains and layers um pieces for him and um gosh what oh artifacts of the guild um i got got in on that wrote a, a few magic items and ended up um helping finish that layout um, for that piece actually um when it was all said and done and um i just really enjoy the collaborative process in working with other people. Um, it's just, it's terrific. It's part of the reason that the game itself is so much fun. And I like, I enjoy playing with a variety of people just to get different perspectives on things um, from, you know, young, old, any walk of life, any that, that sort of thing. I love having a really diverse group to, to play with and as well as you know doing these collaborations the the Mornland book um, I had uh, probably 14 or 15 people I think on that one and the demon waste one was probably closer to 20 um, and the incredible creatures I'm working on now uh, we're I think I'm probably close to 50 by now <laughs> different people that have actually contributed to that so I mean like I, I, yeah how I mean how do you how do you manage 50 people like with, with incredible preachers in particular I mean I imagine I get with some some of these projects I guess because incredible creatures being um essentially a, a well again a collection of creatures I imagine it's easy to kind of delineate like who's who's doing what um, for some of the other ones, which is like, I guess, more like, I guess, like a series of encounters or layers or, or what have you, I imagine it kind of gets that a little bit more nebulous than just, oh, stat block and, <clears throat> and the kind of fluff that with it. Yeah, well, it did. I, I, Incredible Creatures has its own Discord server, and that's been really good to just keep everybody um, in contact and, and on pace to, you know, complete things when they need to. But um with the other projects uh we did I, I just used facebook i think we i made a facebook group um for those and and posted things but generally it was i don't know it wasn't that difficult i didn't have to chase down too many people to say okay you know you need to get your stuff done <laughs> um the mornland book um it was mostly written by myself and um 
um, Matthew, oh dear, uh, I just lost his last name, Retin, uh, Retinue. <laughs> I, I'm butching the pronunciation, uh, I'm sure. But. There's Matthew Booth? Booth, yes. Well, he, yeah, his his Discord name is it's the other. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I got confused. Anyway, the you uh, see, I didn't really know a whole lot about Eberron having skipped third edition, etc. And so I just had we we when the Wayfinder's Guide came out, a bunch of us thought, well, you know, hey, let's look at Eberron and see if we can do some stuff. And the Mornland was a you know perfect. Uh, perfect place to start, I thought, because it just they they leave it so open. Yeah, and anything goes. Yeah, and so Matthew did a lot of the lore, and he and I kind of got together and wrote out. We just kind of fleshed out a lot of those um, dots on the map mm -hmm. that are basically that's all they are. They they have names in a in a little thing, but um, for the most part, there isn't a whole lot of information about them at all. So we went back to some of the third and fourth edition books and things like that and found what we could and then fleshed it out from there. And then for that one, I had, I've got a bunch of artwork and had people write uh, monsters for the most part. Um, for that one, we had a little bit of um, encounter and, and adventure types of things in there, but mostly it was, you know, that one was a monster book for the most part. No, it, it, it's, it's nice you kind of preempted my question there because obviously uh, there is kind of like a, a few kind of Eberron products kind of sprinkled in. Uh, and I was kind of curious whether whether it was like, um, again, I, I've said this in the nicest way, but the people who create Eberron content, um, they're like a close-knit family uh, mm -hmm. or, or cult, <laughs> depending on your... <laughs> your <laughs> um, but no, so so it was literally this case of like you you this the way the, was it the Wayfinder's Guide, which just kind of had recently came out that you just like okay, well I should I dip my toes into the Eberron side of things. Yeah, it was I don't know. It's Forgotten Realms is 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 great, um, but it's one of those things that I I don't know I kind of tire of quickly, mm -hmm. um, and plus the fact that there's just so much content out there for it. Um, it and I'm sure there's places in it. I know um, Joe Rasso does uh, some terrific uh, Forgotten Realms stuff and in you know pieces of it that I I don't know anything about. Oh yeah, but uh, it, it Eberron at least like I said it was something new and everybody was was just oh my gosh here's Eberron finally there's something else to do and so like I said it just seemed natural to to start with that and. Um, the the Mornland one did very well, and we did a um, a Demon Wastes one, which was more adventures. Um, it's more much more of an adventure book than than anything else, and had again many people collaborate and write adventures for that. And we also have some some pretty deep lore stuff in there, and a few new monsters and things like that, but. It was mostly an adventure book and it didn't, it hasn't done as, as well, but it is, I think it's, I don't know, it's Electrum or something right, right now, but. No, it's, yeah, there, there was always that, that it's, it's weird that I must admit, I've never quite fully traced out, which is like the case of like, um, monster books tend to do quite well, uh, collections of encounters do well, collections of adventures kind of are in that, don't necessarily always, they, well, they, 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 on the spectrum, they either go super well or maybe kind of like towards the bottom and individual adventures. Again, it's it's kind of like 50-50 on, on kind of where they go. Um, but 
I was going to say, you kind of uh, touched on an interesting point more about like the difference between these kind of Eberron and, and Forgotten Realms. Um, I, I personally, I, I do think the Forgotten Realms, it just feels too big. Um, and and that's why I feel like they kind of focus so much on like the Sword Coast, because it feels, again, it, feel, it feels like that's there's enough in the Sword Coast to kind of keep things going. Um, but with these kind of huge expanding worlds, it's like the case of like, yeah, there's, 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 so, there's so much, there's too much. It's, it's, yeah, and Eberron to me actually is the same, a lot the same way. There's there's so much, and I think if I had one criticism of it is that they, I think they tried too hard to be, to have something for everyone, mm -hmm. rather than just making it what it was and not try to shoehorn in a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, but because it's, I mean, there is a ton of stuff there, and you know, Keith Baker, of course, is still putting out stuff yeah <laughs> you know, for it and you know, for the various various places but um I, and it's i mean it's a it's a great setting i i enjoy it but it's there's a lot mm -hmm. and and like you say forgotten realms is just whew, there's a lot there too <laughs> I, I suppose if you are the author of the setting having a really nice expansive world is nice because it does still give you that freedom of like, well, I can just, I can drop this over there and there's been nothing written there and therefore it just fits with everything else. Uh, so it's nice to have like uncharted lands off, off in the background that you can just keep kind of going back to um, as yeah. when you need it. Um, no, awesome. No, fantastic. So yeah, no, that's kind of been like a really awesome kind of summary of kind of all the kind of many things you've done um, and the kind of the, the, the journey you kind of took to get there. Um, I guess more on like a like, like a creative process level. Um, if you were to start a new project, let's say tomorrow, um, what what is your creative process like? How how would it necessarily start? Well, I have. I mean, I'm I'm actually working on something that'll be that's after Incredible Creatures, which is more of a setting. Um, and right now, um, I do. I don't necessarily do it the same way as a as a novel or adventure in, in thinking about it in an, in an end thing, but the mostly it's just a matter of what piques my interest at the time, um, and I guess that's probably why I've done lots of different things is because I'm maybe a bit too ADHD and get bored too easily <laughs> and want to want to flip onto something something else for a while, and, and like you said earlier, talking about. Uh, about writing it's it makes it better if you you know if you get stuck on a project put it down for a little while and say okay i'm gonna go work on this for a little while yeah and that gets the juices flowing again um and and i'm all the same way uh it's um it's just it's it's fun to have a lot of irons in the fire i guess at, at once and see what's going on but so uh, one thing i was so obviously um incredible creatures was was like a um a kickstarter project um mm -hmm. Does has has again because I guess it's almost like the the production value of of your products over time has has naturally increased. Does that kind of again does that kind of shift the way you view projects now because now it's less again it seems less of like oh I can just pick up and write and now it's more like okay I need to get out like the Excel spreadsheet I need to get like the the this the fifty plus uh, uh, like writers involved. It's yeah, I'm, you know, my plan with this, with this new one is not to, not to involve as many people for sure. I'm, I'm doing the bulk of the writing myself, but, <clears throat> but again, I do love the collaborative process. So I'm, I'm bringing in a few people here and there to, to work on things, but 
Um, it's the the guild is terrific for what what you can do, um, but it's also limiting in for what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I I mean I come I kind of come from a print background and I love to do print, and you know as it is right now the guild is kind of shut down print projects for the most part mm-hmm. so you know you, you great you can you know put out a pdf but if somebody says hey i really would like to get this as a hard copy you can't do it and um so with the like i said with incredible creatures it just made more sense to do it as an ogl product on drive through rather than trying to do it on um trying to do it on on the guild itself yeah. Plus the fact that you can do a Kickstarter that way, um, and it makes it so. I mean, I'm still even with the the success that it had. We did very well with the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still going to be a little while before I get to a break-even point yeah. on that project, just because of all the art and all the writing and all that stuff that that came with it. That I make sure to to pay everybody ahead of time uh, and not doing royalties they're just getting you know they're getting paid for mm-hmm. what for what they're doing um but i'm okay with that because it's yeah. just it's been a lot of fun and i think it's um it's turning out to be really terrific product so no i yeah i think you kind of touched on a, a, an interesting sub point which is that the authors who kind of get their start within the dms guild there is always going to be that point in which the for the projects they want to do, um, the DMs Guild isn't necessarily the best place for it. Um, right. Again, it's always a case of like, realistically, if you're not using the you know the 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 Eberron IP or the you know Forgotten Realms IP, uh, you, you it, in part of like the cut that DMs Guild takes, it is for the IP and and trying to get the most of it and and kind of find find the most appropriate audience. Yeah, sometimes you do need to, you know, uh, spread your wings, uh, fly, fly, fly from the nest, and into the bigger ocean of of drive through. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I did want to ask though, um, again, because it's it's not too often that we do get to have like people who've run successful Kickstarters uh, on. Um, is there anything in particular that you would kind of like, I suppose, credit the success of of Fantastic Creatures to? Um, just uh, honestly, just a lot of legwork. It's it's a, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking um, to try to, and I and I didn't do a very good job, honestly, as to start with, but trying to line up um, people to talk about it, maybe do do videos or you know people like yourself that that type of thing to to get in and and get the word out because that's the hardest thing unless you have you know you're somebody like matt colville or or you know critical role or somebody that already has a a huge audience um to begin with it's it's difficult to get noticed no i must admit that there is definitely that that feeling of of almost near daily multiple times each day of just and even then even sometimes when you you, i suppose as even as a parent you feel like i'm just yelling into the void it's always a case of like, well, not necessarily that there is always maybe someone out there. Right. Um, and uh, again, in, in like a, one of the Kickstarters that, that I'm involved in, um, I noticed that I don't, again, I don't know if this is like the key to success or if I've, I've cracked the code, 
Um, but they put so much legwork into uh, getting up to like 400 followers before the Kickstarter went live. Uh, for for was it for, for comments uh, co- comments and cockpits? Um, that was right. kind of that was like a good a good chunk of their legwork was literally just getting 400 followers, you know, uh, before the launching <laughs> campaign. Um, so yeah, it's 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 hor- it's that weird thing to think that even before you start you have to be promoting and even once you start it's it yeah it's 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 not it's it's a marathon and a sprint (laughs) (laughs) yeah it really is um yeah and i i was fortunate to have i was working with um jeff stevens again Mm -hmm. for his potbelly cobalt um uh kickstarter uh, which was a collection of adventures and um, I wrote an adventure in there and then I also did the layout and stuff for him. And so he, he and I were, were talking a lot, obviously not just about the layout, but the, the Kickstarter itself and, and to, to have that experience right before I did my own was, yeah. was invaluable. You kind sure. of, you got all that insider information. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, no, it's definitely a process. <laughs> no, cause I, I think I think a good point is, is the fact that, uh, just being involved in a Kickstarter project, uh, you, you do learn a lot. Like again, the, the thing about followers and stuff like that by being involved in this Kickstarter project, it's, it's taught, taught me something like that. And, and, and being able to kind of help Jeff with, uh, yeah, the, the, the cobwebs project. Um, yeah, it, it, you kind of, you kind of pick these sort of things up that you realize, okay, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, and yeah, I imagine, uh, again, anyone running like a Kickstarter project, I'm sure Jeff occasionally needed like a shoulder, not a shoulder to cry on per se, but um, sometimes that's necessary too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I guess to kind of, so to pull, pull back from uh, incredible creatures then, um, and to, again, more, more, more to, more to you as, as, as like a creative, um, what would you say is your favorite part of any given project? Um, probably at the end of the day, I'd say the writing, um, although that, again, that collaboration to me is really what, what is the, is a huge fun, um, especially just sitting down and trying to brainstorm with somebody. Okay, well, here's, here's where we kind of want to go. What, what pieces do we need to put together here? And what are, what other cool things can we put in and, and, uh, have fun with on this? But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just, I'm a writer. <laughs> I enjoy telling stories. So any way I get to do that is, is good. No, I mean, yeah. Fair. And, and so is, I suppose, uh, is it, uh, I guess to kind of use your own words and is it, is it when writing, um, do you, do you have like a preference towards writing like the, like the characters or locations or, not really. It, I mean, it varies just on what I'm feeling that day. But yeah. I, I mean, I enjoy um, even writing monsters. I mean, there's still you have a little bit of lore, mm-hmm. you know, description section that you need to do, and it's fun to be able to try to try to tell a story in a, in a very short amount of words. You know, with that because usually the, that piece of it is maybe three or four hundred words at the most, yeah. and but but if you can evoke a story with that or or some at least some imagery or or spark the imagination of the dm and that's going to get them to say oh that would be really cool in my game i want to do that no i yeah i kind of that that kind of touches on nicely which is often kind of my favorite thing is is anytime i have the chance to write um in the voice of a character so very much like in like what is it in bola's guide to monster they have those little notes around the page 
yeah uh, mm -hmm. any chance to like like i've 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 written a few projects where i've had volo's voice um so yeah. i think i i get that, that kind of sort of um that that kind of um uh, bravado of like oh i I'm, i know everything i'm kind of uh uh you know uh cocksure side of things is, is yeah it's, it's fun to write and then on the vice versa like any any sort of villains and and like monologues and and all that that you can fit in these, these little chunks mm -hmm. um yeah no yeah we're, we're, we're pretty much yeah we're on the, we're, we're on the same wavelength <laughs> <laughs> um okay then so the other side of the coin um is there like a least favorite part of the project that you have probably editing um, I, I do it. Uh, I, I have done it for other people on a number of projects as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it can be tedious and, and not so much fun sometimes. <laughs> I think that's probably the bugaboo of most writers, actually. Yeah, I, I think it is a case of like, when you're finishing the first draft that you have it all there. And, and in your mind, you're like, it's done. All the words are there. That's it. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've written them down. So, yeah, they must be perfect. Um, and yeah, then that, that's kind of when you need the kind of um, the reality check of an editor to come through. And go, oh, well, no, no, there's there's like seven commas in the sentence. <laughs> or, or, you know, what, what, what have you? Oh, believe me, I know. I've, I've had editors work with me and think, oh, gosh, this guy likes his commas for sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. I must be. I I think definitely. Yeah. I, I I know that I have a very particular way of writing. Um. And I I know because I've worked with enough editors of what they will pick me up on. And over time, you improve. Obviously, you you, you realize. Yeah. But I there. Are, I think there are some things that I just they're just part. Again, I, I need all those comments. It's comments. It's part. It's part of my creative process to get them in there. And that's why I need I need an editor to take them out again because I have no self control. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Awesome. No. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a good point. I must. I've never. I've. I, yeah. I've. I've. I've never really um, edited anyone else's work, other than, um, other than kind of more in like a developmental sense. Um, mm -hmm. Just because. Yeah. Again, I, I. I worry about my use of commas. <laughs> or. Uh, that's another thing as well. Is, um, I don't. I know. I know there is a big thing about um, n dashes and n dashes. Um, I, I, this is, again, I'm going to out myself. Um, I don't know the shortcuts for that. And I would hate to deprive yeah. an editor of the ability to put N and M dashes in. Cause it feels like that's like a, that's like the cherry on top. That's like the, that's the, I, I've worked so hard and they go, ah, M dash done. Perfect. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big M dash guy. And uh, I, that's another thing besides commas that I use too much, but <clears throat> so I know exactly what those keystrokes are. <laughs> 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 so that's what I mean. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I, like uh, my the way I frame it is that I'm doing the editor a service by ensuring that they have you know things to do. <laughs> so it's you know whatever whatever helps helps me kind of sleep at night. Um, no, fantastic. So then, I guess so. I guess kind of across everything that you've kind of done, um, from like again from adventures, encounters, uh, stat blocks, it does sound like you've kind of you've really kind of diversified and kind of dipped your toes in in a little bit of everything. Yeah, I've tried to. Um, I even, I, the one thing I haven't done a lot of is player, kind of player facing material. Um, but even even that said, I have done a couple of subclasses. And, mm -hmm. and in fact, I have one in Incredible Creatures. I did a, I did a crazy um, uh, tier four uh, monster and decided to make it a patron option for Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
and that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed doing that but no it's kind of funny how like like i don't know what it is but sometimes like it, it subclass like subclasses always feel almost like like they're the easiest thing to tack on to like any other product um because like you're writing an adventure you have like a particular npc who's like okay oh they're like a, a slightly they're like an edgy druid or for example like i'm pulling something out they're just like oh it'd be cool to let the players be an edgy druid and that's kind of mm -hmm. and yeah the same way of like oh this this uh tier four um well, i guess i do have to ask what is this what is this tier four creature <laughs> that people can have a, as a patron <laughs> it, it is called Hluv Pow, the ever-changing, um, and it is a, I, I kind of went crazy with the mechanics on it too, because it will, um, it is basically just a, a, an amalgam of fleshy parts, and it will, during the fight, um, it can change size from small to gargantuan each round. It, change, it randomly changes sizes. Um, and I don't, there's, I don't know, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of crazy things that it does. So, I mean, it, so it's, it sounds like you've written six, kind of six or so creatures in one, <laughs> so, essentially, <laughs> as, as it kind of changes size. Yeah. 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 I, I went a little overboard on that one, but yeah. It was fun. Well, I was like, we designers, we never really make it easy on ourselves. It's like if you think of what's a cool idea, it's like, well, I guess that has to be it has to be six creatures, and I suppose a warlock subclass as well. <laughs> just, yeah. it just, it just has to be. Yeah, one of the other ones I did too was a, um, a, it's kind of this newt mini armed newt creature again the, all the incredible creatures were were based off of art to start with, um, and so we we got. You had a piece of art, and then you wrote a creature based on that. Um, but this one was a um, what do they call it? A pleuroden. Um, that was a, a creation of a of a hag. At one point, that got out of control. But it's a it's basically a super alchemist, and um, so it has all types of potions and things like that that it uses during the battle and whatever. And no, and during the time of designing that I, I made a potion of magic enhancement which also has a potion of wild magic um, component to it where some sometimes when you make this potion of magic enhancement it turns into a potion of wild magic and you don't know I, I, no, you don't I, know I, if it is or not and so then as you do I created a uh, d100 wild magic <laughs> table for that just because i've always been frustrated with the fact that that watsi was 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 lazy and did uh, only 50 options on their wild magic surge table yeah. no, I, <laughs> for I, sorcerers I, I, I don't know what it is but i love i love that wild magic table um so much so that like that i've i've made countless items or encounters that that kind of make use of that table Mm -hmm. um just because it's yeah it's it's literally like the the heart of dnd of just random chance um and i like that you yeah. took you took spite that it was only 50 but it could it could have been 100 <laughs> yeah it's a d100 table you make 100 options that's yeah. just that just makes sense <laughs> so uh, before we get too far away you, you kind of touched on an interesting point about the way you tackled uh, incredible creatures and and that's kind of starting with the artwork um mm -hmm. which Again, I again I'm not an expert, but I don't. That's not necessarily the most traditional approach, <laughs> right? And that's kind of what was the germination for this project to start with was, and I did I did a similar thing again for the Mornland project where I I found a bunch of um, it, it was mostly stock art, 
and that I hadn't seen used anywhere and then asked and, and stuff that to me looked like, hey, that that could be in the Mornland, sure. And so then I asked the writers to to go in and, and make a creature. Here's your here's your picture and make a creature based off that. So um, it went really well and the writers really enjoyed it. And so I thought, well, let's do, you know, let's do this whole book uh, uh, based on that. And so I went out and contacted a whole bunch of artists and said, hey, instead of uh, instead of having a writer tell you what this creature is that you, that they want you to draw, I want you to just draw something, mm -hmm. just, just make it whatever it is that's in your mind. And, and honestly, I had a lot of art, the artists kind of go, huh, <laughs> to start with, because they, they hadn't, they had never had that happen before. And, and, um, and they, they really got into it. And like I said, the writers have just loved it. Um, so for this, we have each, um, each original piece of art actually has four monsters attached to it. So one for each tier of play. So you've got a, a tier one, uh, you know, CR zero through, what is it? Um, four or five, yeah. I forget. Anyway, how we split it up for the, for the tiers, but each, each piece of art has a different writer, um, four different writers and four different monsters um, attached to it. And it's, I think it's really interesting to see how people can look at something and, and um, come up with something, things that are just completely different um, ideas, you know, for the same piece of art. It's, no, it, it's, it's like a really inventive way because like two things is, is one, obviously sometimes with, with more like a traditional approach of like writing the words and then commissioning kind of like bespoke art pieces. Um, you kind of avoid the kind of what well, all the authors are done. Now we just need art, uh, kind of side of the second. And and yeah, second, like getting four uses out of each each piece of art is is again, it kind of gets around the idea of like most art pieces are already tied to this these very sort of niche, um, kind of like pages. And it's like you get you're getting the most. You kind of like this this creature can be literally anything for any given campaign. Um, Right. And that, again, that was why I wanted to do one for each tier so that everybody, you know, anybody looking at the book and they say, well, gosh, I really just, you know, I need this particular CR or, or something like that for, for my group right now. They're going to be able to find something in there for it, for sure. What, were there any particular creatures, though? Because, like, again, my mind goes straight to, like, goblins. Um, <laughs> were there any sort of particular drawings of creatures that were just like I don't know how to make this tier for it's it's literally like it's like a cute teddy bear how do I make this tier were there any sort of like cases like that or were generally they we well we had um what I did with this was I had I, I got a group of writers together and everybody I did it as a submission basis so that we had um we had several people write monsters for again for you know one for each tier for for these images and so we had and then i had i hired um a couple of great editors christopher walls and terry herc um and they the three of us kind of got together and selected once once the submission process was over we said okay we're this one's really good and or, you know this one maybe needs some work and we went back to the to the writers to to help them you know flesh things out a little bit but um, it honestly was really amazing that the stuff that people came up with for, I mean, we've got some, um, like there's one, one piece of art is a, is kind of a cute 
boa constrictor snake with some with wings type of thing and it has very cute little um baby ones with it with duckling wings and <laughs> and that type of thing so yeah they're yeah but we have you know tier tier one through four <laughs> monsters for that and i i I suppose, like again, not. I suppose the, my mind will go straight to like, okay, well, if you want to make something tier four, you just make it bigger. Just <laughs> you, you take you take the image and just imagine, oh, this is now gargantuan size, and there you go. It's a little sure. bit of a bigger threat. Yeah. <laughs> and there's certainly some of that in there as well. But they, you know, for like I said, for the most part, there's um, some really creative stuff going on for what the writer. I can't I can't commend the writers enough um, for what they came up with. So. No, that's, that's fantastic. No, again, it's it's yeah. I've I've had the chance to kind of um, uh, look over like a, uh, a, a earlier version, and and yeah, it, it's it's coming together nicely. It's it's looking really good. Um, so then I, one thing I kind of wanted to ask, I guess more more broadly again, to 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 to, to pull to pull the camera back slightly. Um, across kind of everything that you've done, um, are there any particular design choices that you've made that you've kind of like been particularly proud of? Um. Well, honestly, the recently that um, the Warlock patron, I think, came out really well. It's um, and and it plays off of the fact that 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 creature is just is just chaos in, incarnate and changing all the time. And so the Warlock um, patron subclass deals with you. You can either roll or pick a um, kind of a, a body changing aspect mm -hmm. like your you know your hair or your nails or you know stuff grows incredibly fast or yeah. there, you know, there's other options that you can pick and um and it also allows you to you each day you you roll on a table the d4 table to see which um class of spells you have access to that day interesting so then there's it's Bard, cleric, druid, um, and wizard, yeah, are the ones. So you you roll each each time you you finish a long rest, you roll on this, and then you see which um, which class of of uh, spells you have you have access to that day. Um, so as far as warlock spells, they're they're warlock spells for you. It, it really so. kind of captures that sort of again yeah, that ever changing aspect. Um, right. Is it is there still much of like the the the, the size changing? Is it like day to day? You can go from like being tiny, to, to, or are you? you do no, I didn't include that. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you can. Uh, I gave it the option. You can either pick at your character generation. You can pick which one um, you wanted, or you can even do every time you change your spells, then you change your mm -hmm. this thing that happens to your body, and then. Um, it also gets a where you can create a little um, flesh golem, uh, a small small flesh golem kind of creature at um, I think sixth level. I don't remember which, but um, things like that where you get to be uh, or have aspects of of malleable flesh. <laughs> I must admit, it's 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 always kind of like designing to like a particular theme is 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 always kind of where you have those kind of I guess like. Um, bouts of, of bouts of, of of inspiration and just kind of creativity of kind of going off off in the best way going off the wall and going off into the, the weird directions like yeah they should have like a little little flesh homunculus of course they should yeah. <laughs> nice so then i guess on on the uh 
on I was about to say on the other side of the coin, um, just because that's my favorite phrase. Um, <laughs> but is there is there a, uh, is there a particular lesson that you've learned over the course of writing? You know, all these kind of tabletop RPG projects that, in hindsight, you wish you'd maybe learned sooner. Um. Well. As far as writing goes, I think the the best the best piece of advice that I can give is to write write what you enjoy and what makes it what's fun for you because mm -hmm. that's always going to come out better than just writing for to say well I I really should write um, you know something for Forgotten Realms because that's what's you know popular or something like that um, if you're if it's not something that you're just really passionate about. The, it's it's going to fall flat more often than not, um, and that's something that again I when I first started out I thought oh, okay I'll you know write these these adventures for this that and the other thing and and some of them you know worked okay but and some of them didn't um, and that just doing doing things that again that you're passionate about and that you are excited about is always going to come out better. I think yeah, it, it's kind of it's it's you can see the passion within the writing and stuff like that, and and particularly especially when you're getting like feedback from your editor, um, you hope that it kind of seeps in like in between all the commas. Obviously, uh, the editor's like, oh yeah, clearly there's you know there's there's, there's something going on here. Um, yeah, no, yeah, the kind of kind of solid advice, and, and sometimes yeah, you kind of sometimes you don't necessarily know that you're not passionate about a project until you kind of hit that point where you're just like, oh, I I, I might need to step away from this. Um, yeah, <laughs> which which it sucks because you or it's you kind of that there's kind of like that that sunk cost fallacy. Um, but I mean, again, it's if if you're doing it as a hobby, um, yeah, don't 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 force yourself through through stuff that you're not passionate about. Um, just just find something you are. Exactly. Yeah. No, awesome. Um, so then I guess to pivot and and look more to you know uh, the community and and the future as a whole. Um, you kind of mentioned that you've got the next thing kind of lined up, this kind of setting. Um, would you say like getting like a, a setting guide out there is something like a dream project of yours? Or is there still something that you kind of want to, I don't know, tick off the list? Yeah, it definitely. It's, um, and I'm, I'm doing a lot with it. It's, I've got several, there's going to be several races. Um, I've got already a, a Two or three subclasses wow. with it, um, and uh, psionics. Um, nice. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 taking much much larger bites than I probably should <laughs> out of this one. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be it'll have a lot, and yeah, it's it's definitely kind of a uh, a wish list dream type of thing that it's. And that was another reason for for wanting to kind of step away from the guild a little bit because you, it's you know everybody always has their own ideas about things and and what they want to do and and again you it, it's wonderful to be able to have those settings, Forgotten Realms, Eberron, etc., to be able to write for. Um, but I think everybody gets to the point where they think, well, yeah, you know what, this is great, but. I should really like to do this on my own thing on yeah. you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever it happens to be. And so you have to, you have to kind of step away from the guild um, on that and say, okay, well, this is, this is something all its own <laughs> and, and 
try that and try that yourself and see how it goes. If if, if you don't mind me asking, obviously, like this is this could be a little bit while away, but um, are you prepared to like? Do you, are you again? Are you happy to announce like a high concept of what your thing is, or do you want to keep that all kind of close to the chest? Cause... Sure. No, it's called uh, it's called the Eye of Everywhere, Ooh. and it is a um, it basically is a a portal a portal to everywhere kind of uh, place where there there's a city there's a city around it. I mean, you know, D and D has their own their own type of thing. Um, you know, if I can uh, with with sigil or sigil, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> both, both pronunciations are welcome here. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen it both ways for people, but um, this is this is along those lines, but it's more it's more science fictiony than um, or science fantasy than than that is, I think. And um, so again, that's kind of why I'm I'm tackling psionics. I'm doing a, a the whole class for that um and uh i've got a a race of of intelligent robot creatures and then we'll have a bunch of other races and things like that that are again more science fiction-y that you can that you can play in a 5e setting so no that sounds, sounds awesome yeah I, again i i do like the the kind of uh, amount of uh freedom you get with the kind of um portal i guess portal realms or, or what you know whatever you call mm -hmm. is is again it kind of uh it's it's like we we're saying about uh was it any kind of like setting with like uncharted islands you you could you have you just have portals that can go anywhere so again you always have yeah. the freedom to kind of expand because they're just like oh there's a hidden portal or you know what, what have you um yeah no it, it's, cl it's clever you go keep keep those options open <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's something that could be attached to really any campaign. Mm -hmm. If you you know you maybe you're running a say a Forgotten Realms or something, and your your players are kind of getting bored with it, and you say, well, okay, here's you know somebody comes and plucks you out and puts you in this place, and now now what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's actually like a really nice point of of particularly with products on the guild is is doing your best to kind of um, facilitate them it being drag and drop. To, to any sort of campaign. Obviously you have the easy ones where it's like, it's tied to a particular hardcover, um, but there are numerous ways to kind of, yeah, keep keep things as as setting agnostic or as easy to kind of, um, you know, like move about as possible. And yeah, it sounds like you've kind of already kind of kept that in mind with, with yeah, you're, you're saying. Um, no, fantastic, and yeah. So I imagine is yeah, it's it's off often if often the near horizon. Uh, I don't want to like push for a timeline or anything like that because. Uh, oh well, I, yeah, I don't know right now. I mean, uh, like I said, there's a lot of writing going on, and I'm actually running a a play test um, with a group uh, right now for some of the some of the adventures, and then also just some of the mechanics and things. I'm I'm still I'm still finishing up. I had a psionic system done and then basically scrapped most of that because it was it was too complicated and it needed to be more um just from the the feedback that i've got it needs to be more like spell casting you know 5e spell casting i think mm -hmm. so um that is i don't know 75 80 percent done at this point and then again there's just a whole lot of the there's i don't know maybe a dozen different factions of uh that are that are inhabiting this this city that's around the mm -hmm. that's around the actual portal um place and 
that type of thing. So there's a whole lot of them. And then I'm also including, you know, if you're, if you're affiliated with one of those factions and you get some benefits um, because of that for yeah. your character and things, uh, all that sort of thing. So I don't, you know, it's hard to say it would be nice to be able to maybe launch uh, my, my plan right now is launch Kickstarter and maybe towards the end of the year for that yeah. uh, would be terrific, but we'll just have to see. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. Uh, was it the best laid, best laid plans of mice and men? <laughs> um, no, fantastic. Um, no, uh, yeah, dude, fingers crossed that it all, all goes according to plan. It, it sounds, sounds exciting. Um, and I guess, again, uh, compared to, you know, the uh, one thing that has kind of been a trend through our chat is, is just the, the, the sheer number of kind of people that you've had the kind of uh, the, the ability to kind of work alongside with and collaborations and all that. Mm -hmm. um, I was just curious if there was like any, any particular people that you kind of wanted to, to highlight of like, you know, who in the tabletop RPG community who kind of, you know, particularly inspires you. Oh gosh, who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, again, Jeff Stevens has been a, a terrific uh, person to work with. Um, RP Davis, uh, I've done a lot of stuff with from the beginning. Um, uh, the editors I'm working with again, Christopher Walls and, and Terry Herc mm -hmm. that were, were working with me on Credible Creatures. Um, there's uh, holy moly, uh, some other writers I've worked with in the past. Kat Evans is terrific. Um, can't say enough about her. We've got um, several people on Incredible Creatures that I've worked with for the first time here and that are just amazing. Kirsty Kidd, um, Nathan Doyle, uh, uh, Michael Sharp, Luke Russell. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I I'm, <laughs> I start naming names. I mean, there's there's so many people and um, that uh, that I have worked with. Joe Rasso is another one um, that's done a lot of fantastic stuff. Tony Petreca, um, and yeah, it was just the the community itself has been just amazing in my view. Uh, people just willing to jump in and help and uh, or offer advice or anything else. Um, there's there's a lot of people out there that I, I've maybe worked with a little bit, but I would love to work with more like Oliver Darkshire and Alex Clippinger, MT um, Black. Now uh, I was joking, uh, Alex was on, uh, I think, Jenny Loveday's show and she's another one too. Yeah but uh, a week or so ago and and I, I was in the chat there and joked because mt black had actually asked alex and i to to work on a, a project um it was right before he got accepted into the guild debt program and then oh, he wow. didn't have time anymore <laughs> and so but that's something else that i wouldn't mind doing someday would be to do that again so like that there's, there's an alternate timeline out there where everything aligned <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> no yeah no and, and especially with again involved being involved in projects with like 50 plus authors um i yeah to, to, to one uh to be able to remember all all 50 names is is would be a, a like her, her, hercule her, uh, a, a really hard task. I was going to say, try and say, <laughs> Hercule, uh, I, can't, yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> um, it'll be a big job. I'm just going to say, keep, keep, keep language simple so I can actually say the word. Um, but yeah, no, I, I yeah, wow. Um, yeah, it's so, so many sort of amazing people. And, and I can only kind of echo your statement that the, the DMs Guild community is, is, is incredibly supportive and, and 
that's kind of what makes it make, makes it so great. Mm -hmm. um, but I I mean, so I kind of I kind of hate to say it, Alan. I'm looking at the time. Um, we have kind of we, we've done it. We've 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 managed to chat our way through <laughs> through through an hour. Um, but one thing I do want to do is before we kind of uh, get 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 far away is is the two arguably the two most important questions. Uh, one, uh, what are you currently working on? And two, uh, where can people hear about your work and, and stay up to date with with everything? Uh, well, once again, Incredible Creatures is what's taking up most of my time right now. We're um, we've got a the, the Kickstarter had a stretch goal where we added. Uh, five more images, um, which means 20 more monsters. Wow. And those are being written as we speak. Uh, got a, actually a deadline of tomorrow for the writers on that. So um, we're hoping that those will get into editing and then start in layout. Um, uh, a big portion of the layout is already done on it. We're over 200 pages and it's going to be probably close to 250 by the time we're finished. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so that'll be the target for that is to come out sometime in June. That'll be available on drive-through. Um, and then as far as where to find out about stuff, probably the best place is Twitter. I'm at Tucker Author on Twitter. And uh, that, and then I, I roam around several Discord channels. But that, like I said, if you want to get a hold of me, usually just shoot me a DM on Twitter and I'll I'll get to you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it, it's a nebulous amount of time between incident and maybe a few days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, there will be uh, there'll be links to in the description, obviously, to your uh, Twitter and, and every, all the, the appropriate links that people need to be able to, to find you and, and yeah, throw that message your way. Um, but Alan, thank you so much for taking some time. Uh, this, this, this Thanks been, for having me. This has been a delight and an insight full chat that I was going to go for a rhyme. It didn't work. <laughs> Either way, it's been fun. Let's let, let me just say that rather than anything else. Um, um, but yeah, uh, I, I've been Matthew Whitby. You can find me at Whitby, at Whitby Writes. Um, some semi-exciting uh, goals hit. Um, was it uh, Madam Eva's Taroka deck of friends, foes and fortunes recently hit copper, which is always, always an exciting milestone. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's another, uh, I've been involved with Waterdeep Patrons, um, which is a new product which basically takes the uh, everyone's patron system as well as other things and and gives them for everyone in, in Waterdeep. Um, so I took uh, a, a swack, uh, a swing at making Volo your patron because uh, I can't stay away from the man um, <laughs> and as well as the Church of Lathander among some others. So there'll be a link to that in the description. Um, I think there are some Kickstarter campaigns that I'm involved in still going. But at this point, I've lost track of time, so some of them may have already finished. Um, so if they're in the description, please check them out. If not, don't worry about it. Um, and yeah, that, that is that is pretty much it. Um, so we turn to the very last question of the podcast then, um, which is, um, how, how do you end a podcast? Well, I'm old. So to me, the classic is Porky Pig. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs>